Hello everyone, welcome to the DM35 podcast. Uh, we are back for the start of a new season, uh, whether that be face mask, socially distanced or otherwise, we're going to be here through for you throughout whenever it ends. I don't even have a clue when it does. Does anyone have a clue when the season actually ends? Oh, 8th no. of May. May. When is it? 8th of May, Cambridge, away. Good. Uh, <laughs> So I've got Tom with me. Tom, who um, contributed and provided the uh, answers for um, 442 Magazine for the season preview. Tom, how are you? Oh, very good, thank you. Good. Did they, uh, did they catch your mood correctly and did they miss out anything that you wanted to talk about? Uh, I'm a little bit disappointed about how much pressure they've piled on uh, Max Wright because I didn't do that pre-edit, but, um, you know. That's the, the world of uh, journalism, I guess. Well, I mean, they made me look like a fool by just saying, well, it is what it is. And it's, it's why many people subscribe to us for that cutting insight. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if we're going to touch on that at any point. I, d- I don't think Bobble Hatters are in our remit. Um, but it is what it is. Ian, how are you supporting my favourite Grimsby Town shirt of the recent decades? Uh, but I'm sad to see that it's got the, um, the Nike curse of a, uh, a sponsorship that what disappears after a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's it. <coughs> uh, pretty faded, pretty well won this one actually, because uh, now with extra weight, it's pretty much one of the only ones I've got left that fits me. So that's why it comes out all the time. I mean, it, this is something we really need to address first and foremost. Do Grimsby Town have the most self-conscious fans in the league when you're usually, I mean, I'm not a medium anymore, but, um, when you're, you are a medium and you go into the club shop and you have to pick up a double XL just to make sure it fits, is, is that something we should be worried about in these, in these current climates of mental health? I think they do it just to wind us up. I'm sure that every year they, they actually get like sort of half an inch smaller on the size and it's just a bit of a con. <laughs> it's it's got to be better than the Avic ones from about 2002, which were the size of a small wedding marquee. Uh, whether it be large or extra large, but um, they've got room to spare in those things. Um, and, and with us, Scott, how are you? Hey, Alex. Yeah, good, thanks. Uh, pretty bored after being on furlough since March. Where, whereabouts in the world are you? I don't actually know that. Uh, Castleford. Oh, okay. So up towards Leeds, Wakefield, that way on. Uh, exiled to Yorkshire about 10 years ago. And, and, as, and as everyone knows it as, is basically Glass Outen. That is exactly where I am. Yeah, <laughs> Glass Outen, to be precise. Yeah, just near uh, Escape. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, so we're going to go through as much as we can and, and, and answer any questions. We got. Thank you all very much for your predictions. What we're going to do is we're going to try and keep them um, on the down low and trying to remember them so that we can all laugh at them come May time and see exactly how wrong we were. Overall, the predictions, I haven't seen when Saturday's comes predictions, but from Bookies and from uh, 442 and, and other predictions on various uh, TDS Facebook banter groups, um, they, it all seems to be relatively positive. Tom, how are your feelings going into the new season? Uh, well, I talked a little bit about it on the Cuddle Mighty the other day. I think um, the the great thing about this season is that it's basically a clean slate, isn't it? Um, you, can, um, you can just have a go this year. 
which, yes, okay, we, we've had that opportunity in all the other seasons gone by, but in a way it feels like he can genuinely do that this year because everybody's had to start from zero in the sense that no one's really kept players on during uh, lockdown and um, everyone's just sort of in a mad rush to sign players. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, we've got as good a chance as anyone. I'm, I'm going to pepper this because I think Ian has relatively similar opinions to me at the moment. So I'll, I'll go to you first, Ian, and then we'll go to Scott because I'm sure it differs slightly because I'm sure mine is just a Control-C, Control-V from you. How are you feeling about it? It's tough to say overall because I don't know the business everybody else has been doing, but from our own, there are you know there's concerns that I would have with a season due to start in what about uh, eight days time now, nine days time. Um, admittedly, Carabao Cup with the league after that, but we've sort of at the minute got 23 players in the squad. There's no left back. There's a lack of depth in centre mid. Um, we've got five strikers on the books. But one of those, I think, is not good enough to be a regular striker. And then three of them are kind of unproven talents. They might be master strokes, but at the end of the day, they are coming up quite a few divisions. It's going to be tough for them first seasons of pros and things like that. We've seen issues that players have had in the past becoming pro for a first season, thinking even of like um, Sean Pearson and Anthony Church when we were down in the conference and their first season as pro. But it's not just that, it's the fact that for me, there's a 23 man squad there. Uh, as we stand at the minute, 10 of those players have got less than 20 league appearances at this level or above. And then out of those 13, you've got four centre-halves in that as well. So there's a, there's a lot of gaps to be filled with a relatively short amount of time to go. I know Holloway said that he's happy to buy his time at the moment, but uh, as I say, nine days till the season actually starts, how long can you uh, can you bide your time for? Scott, how, how are you feeling about it? So the, the, the transfer window, I think, shuts on October 6th. Um, but um, how are you feeling about uh, the upcoming... I wanted to say nuptials then, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that's one way of putting it, yeah. Um, I'm absolutely chilled out. I'm absolutely fine. I'm entering this season with an open mind and I get what Ian's saying about the, the squad size and, and the standard of the players that, that, that Town have got in over the last couple of weeks. Um, but we've still got, what we've got, a week, week and a bit to go uh, before the season starts uh, officially with the cup, with the cup game. But I've got full 100% faith in Ian Holloway. Um, I don't know if you guys saw a tweet from Matt Dean today um, that, that Ian Holloway is in no rush or no panic to, to sign players at the minute. And, and I'm, I'm fully on board with that. It, Ian, he, he, knows, he knows what he's doing, doesn't he? We've still got the left-back position to fill. I, I get that. But, you know, there's a real good chance, I think, of getting Anthony Glennon back on loan from Burnley. Um, Liam Gibson's been relieved by Newcastle as well. I don't know if Ian Holloway would be interested in, in getting him for free, because as far as I'm aware, he hasn't got a club. I so, mean, there is, an, there is another player out there at the moment that does, is looking for a new club. Uh, he's only on the sort of trifling £900,000 a week, so... <laughs> yeah, are we gonna, we're not going to mention him at all in this, uh, in this episode. Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so no, I, I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm I'm pretty relaxed, surprisingly relaxed. Uh, I must say. Well, it's it's a good it's a good place to go, and we'll sort of 
which is a probably a good place to start is is the ins and outs so so for obviously we we, we haven't mentioned the um the, the elephant in the room which is sort of covid and and what that future might hold should fans be looking at potentially um changing their outlook on this season from a more of an opportunity for promotion and and what it would have been before say february march uh, and it's now more of a case of we've got to get through this year before anything more concrete gets back and we can get back we can get fans back in the ground we can sort of then plan for the future with a budget that we can actually sort of measure against rather than just it being up in the air as it is at the moment so what, what you're saying alex sorry the the expectations of the fans yeah oh, do we do we need to change our expectations is this a different sort of season with covid i mean i think one of you uh, one of you guys uh, mentioned it it could end up being like a a sunday league league where you finish 11th and you get promoted because everybody else has gone out of business um is 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 this a point in which town fans shouldn't necessarily be looking at a promotion push and they should be with everything being up in the air they should be looking at maybe sort of holding our cards close and, and just seeing how this season pans out? I think the expectations, as long as you've got Ian Holloway managing in League Two, the expectations are going to be crazy, I think, what, whatever happens with town fans. Um, personally, never, what's that, Alex? No, no, we've never had a problem with expectations. I'll be <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly, I, oh, I remember when Mike Newell was, uh, was manager and uh, we lost at Cheltenham the opening day. But before that, we were... I was abs- I would have put my house on it for his town to go get promoted. That please, season. please don't, because I get, I keep getting. I don't know if you guys are the same, but I keep getting the Facebook memories coming up of what I said <laughs> ten years ago, and we lose four <laughs> one at Cheltenham, and I'm still going. Oh, don't worry, we've got this in the bag. It's just people gelling. We'll be absolutely fine. I don't care if I just saw Linwood going down to the Laceby Arms. It's fine. Um, yeah, um, it's it's a terrifying thing, and to look back on. Uh, I hate when the, the Hurst years come in and, and I'm getting exceptionally angry at finishing fourth. Um, <laughs> but um, how are you feeling? T- is is COVID-19 something we should be worried about? Do you think it, it's obviously taken part in the the, um, the club's outlook? Do you think they're managing it well? We had Holloway up a couple of weeks ago just saying that um, we missed out on a player because we uh, put a COVID-19 clause in the contract where I think it was a 25% reduction in wage should... Uh, we all go back on uh, lockdown again. Um, do you think we're the club are doing it right at the moment? Uh, yeah, I, I actually think um, the club have handled it quite well. Uh, I know we've missed out on Vernon, um, and I believe we missed out on Vernon partially because um, he was offered a contract, but he would have had to have gone on the 25% reduction um i remember when it started chairman came out and said we've got enough money to last us until march um there were lots of people have mentioned like the berry chairman's um statement and that today uh, <laughs> was a bit ridiculous i, I think we sort how of do, how do you feel about the license fee well, I just think we have to sort of remember that um, it's at the moment like Joyal's done have gone from the Northern Premier League. Uh, there's quite a lot of clubs like in in non-league who are, are really struggling um, or dropping down levels because they haven't got the money to to continue on. 
uh, I think you have to sort of remember that there is like a there is like a massive shortfall of income for for clubs at our level, um, and and the fact that we're managing to to continue and not put the club into like serious debt is is actually like an achievement. Yeah, I mean we've got quite a bit of money in the in the bank, haven't we? If I remember right, it was seven hundred fifty thousand pound there already. £100,000 of Ian Holloway's money has just gone in. Um, that didn't include the Chelsea game income and also the Palace income from the FA Cup back uh, way back when. So there's got to be close to a million sat there or was sat there at some point. I wouldn't expect we actually threw much cash about last season. Um, so there's a there's a neat little bit of pile of cash there that can be, I guess, dove, d- d- dove into. Um and uh, but I don't know how you feel about that and whether or not we should. There is always the rumour as well that we might be getting some money from Dembele if um, someone realises he's a, a, a good prospect for six months. Is that to me again? I have no idea if that was a question or not. If I'm being entirely honest, man, that that went off on a, a weird bit. I think, uh, sorry, guys. I, I think I, I just want to temper what I said at the start a little bit. I think that the club are doing quite a lot of things in terms of the finances exactly right at the moment. Nobody knows where the finances are going and it's very, going to be very, very hard to judge because nobody knows when fans are going to be back uh, and a lot of other things. And obviously we know for clubs at our level, it's fan income that's going to be the main generation source, I would have thought. Um, I think that there were some figures out there, I, I want to say it was something like 60% on average for clubs in League 2 comes from the fans uh, of their income. So uh, two years ago, there was a, a something put out which said Grimsby Town were the fifth highest club in the Football League that were reliant on fan income. The teams that were above us were Sheffield United, who are now in the Premier League, and that's obviously changed. Portsmouth and another club as well, which are now in the Premier League too. Um, so there aren't going to be many more clubs in 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 football in the football league that are more reliant on fan money than town are and, and i feel like i'm hanging you out a bit to dry here because i've got the same sort of similar thought process we were all we've all had chats as you can imagine and and one of the things that comes up quite a lot is it's a buyer's market i'm, I'm quite surprised that that buyer's market hasn't re- sort of ended in more buying and um more more options there and the people we have signed aren't necessarily the marquee sign you'd expect, but that might be something that happens at the end of the, towards the end of the window. I think that's the thing for me. I, I completely get having to balance the finances. And listen, we would much rather have a club long-term. My concern is that we're currently taking a little bit of a gamble in hoping that there's going to be some experience, I guess, for as much as anything available come towards the end of the transfer window. I think if we go into the season with a young squad and even getting the two lads from Burnley back it's still a very young and inexperienced squad my concern would be if things do start to go pear-shaped what sort of mentality have we got in that dressing room for being able to turn it around and are we relying on with the best one in the world a lot of players who are very inexperienced at league football and or under the age of 22 21 well, well I mean let's let's dive into to the out so Obviously, at the end of the season, we let a few players go. Um, I don't know if we, you gentlemen want to dwell on the Vernon scenario. We I, I, we touched on it briefly. But Hessenthaler, Vernon, Billy Clark, um, uh, Harry Cardwell, Akeem Rose, Elliot Whitehouse, uh, Harry Davis, um, Jordan Cook, uh, Elliot Grandin, uh, Garmston and Brandon Buckley were all let go. So that's 11 in total, though, whether you'd count Buckley as, as, as an 11 for the first 
for, for the first team is, is up for debate, I guess. And we brought in five guys. So um, we'll start with the first guy, Bilal Massini, uh, from, um, f- was, was on trial with us. Um, how do you guys uh, feel about Scott? How do you feel about uh, Bilal uh, joining us and, and what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, well, Holloway knows him very well. Um, I think, did he have him on trial at Blackpool? I think. Years I do ago. not know. Yeah, so I think he, he knows him. He seems like a bit of a renegade. Uh, there's a couple of YouTube videos of him uh, hitting someone, I think, while playing is for it the, Is it the same per? It's the same video, though, isn't it? Just three or four different times. I think so, yeah. It's not, yeah, he's not done it multiple times. Yeah, he's just, think it's so just gone back. Well, and and, and to, to talk of, like, a, a kid, the other guy did start it. He pushed <laughs> him in the back. Well, yeah, that's true, yeah. And he finished... Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Holloway keeps banging on about how he um, is a real family man, and I think his dad's not been very well, so he's been looking after him. And uh, he, he seems like one of those characters who's, who's probably a bit of an arsehole on the pitch, but actually all right off it. And um, yeah, Holloway seems to—he really wanted him in when he had him on trial last, you know, at the end of last season. Um, but what I don't get about him is he's not fit at the minute, which um, I don't completely understand that. Did he play against Cleethorpes at all on uh, Saturday? I don't believe he did. No. I don't think so, no. No. Uh, and, and that was, I, I, think, um, I think Holloway alluded to the, the him being away with his father was one of the reasons he wasn't so right. in shape. Um, uh, Tom, don't you, you know something about Paris FC, don't you? And that's the club that he was at before. Am I just going, it's an obscure club in Europe and so Tom will know something? I have been to watch Paris FC. Um, I can't remember if he played in that game. I'm how old is he? Twenty. He was. He was at Paris FC in 2016. He is 33. Oh yes, I definitely didn't see him in 2016. Uh, Paris FC at the point of him playing for him, it definitely moved up through the divisions compared to when I saw him. But yeah. I, don't, I don't know anything about him. All I know is the uh, the uh, brawl that was instigated uh, against Motherwell when he was there. Um, uh, all sort of accounts of him that I've seen are that he's, he's a decent footballer uh, who has a tendency to get involved. Um, and the only thing I would say about that is in the last few years, our disciplinary record as a club has been absolutely shocking and, and so it doesn't please me greatly that we've brought in another player like that but, but do you think we had players before that were like that I, I would have never yeah, said that I'm not saying he's like a, an aggressive player or anything like that I just think our one thing that has let us down in the last few years has been our disciplinary record we've given away in loads and loads of games silly bookings uh, which have led to sending off silly bookings that have led to suspensions. Um, do you, do you I think personally think that that's, if you're a professional team, that's one thing that you can nip in the bud. I remember going to watch uh, Buckley's uh, Grimsby train um, at the back of Scaffold Baths and like something like swearing resulted in a, in a lap around the field. And it was the idea that you get rid of um, silly things that are going to get you in the book on the football field. Um, 
Uh, well, those teams weren't those teams weren't against you know getting involved. They obviously famously like no, no, they weren't. But equally, I just think in recent years we have we have def- in the last two or three seasons we definitely pick up a lot of bookings which are needless. I agree. Yeah, do you, they, they they lead to suspensions. Do you guys it, think that could come from a lack of leadership on the pitch? I know I've spoken during games quite a lot when you can see Newport County and Mansfield are, are ones that are massive for it. Where any sort of foul, they're all around the players. They are the the athlete of, of of League Two as best they can be. <laughs> um, and and we don't we don't have that sort of thing. We we kind of just let it glide by. And do you think that? that rest can be quite easily, not manipulated, but guided in, in League 2. I don't think that's what's getting us bookings. We're getting bookings ourselves. The fact that they all surround round the ref, engaging that type of tactic, I guess, is, is I, I think, shameful. But I, I don't think that's what uh, we're lacking. I, I just think that, we um, we haven't got to grips with the, the you know the, when the Crystal Palace away game is a is a classic example really like we showed brilliant discipline for ninety eighty five minutes of the game but there was that one sort of hot headed moment where um, we we just lost it and that cost us and uh, and that in a way sums up our sort of last three or four seasons for me. So can that I? Was can I have character as well, Andrew Fox, one of the nicest guys. You, yeah, yeah. Do you think that was more a case of him getting? I mean, this is ages ago. Do you think that was more a case of him just totally mis- sort of not used to that speed? Yeah, and yeah. Totally it, um, Andros Townsend, wasn't it? It was like within yeah. forty seconds of the game, wasn't it? Yeah, and after seeing it, when I uh, at being at the game, I couldn't believe it. I thought it was a disgraceful decision, but after seeing it, you know, afterwards, yeah, it was. It wasn't a great challenge, but that, I, it was out of character for Andrew Fox. Um, also, just on the point about earlier about um, um, what's his name, Mosney, the yeah. new player. Like, who's the last nasty player that Town have had? Richard Brady was a bit of a prick. So was Richard Brady. I, I, I no, I don't, but even even that was what seven, eight years ago. Yeah, I'm not we, saying I'm not saying we've had a, a nasty player, but what we have had is um, I want one. A consistent, <laughs> uh, a consistent like. A period of players who are ill-disciplined, so they yeah, and I they, think they, I, they pick up silly bookings on, on a regular pe- on a regular basis that we don't need to pick up. And Bilal um, is probably going to be a you know, I'm probably gonna sort of proven drastically wrong, and he is going to be a great addition to the squad. Um, but equally. Do we need someone who goes in and, and, and gets in like a, a 22-man brawl because someone said to him, oh, my, my dog's bigger than your dog? No, I mean, I, I, we, don't, we don't really need that. We, we need someone who's going to lead the line and say, don't go and have a go at the referee. Just stay where you are. Let's win the game, um, and I think we've we've got into a as a club we've got into a situation where we can't have people like that who um, who are able to lead the line in terms of discipline and and just step back from getting stupid bookings. I I, I kind of I think you 
you're right in in ways on that. I want to one bring up one more point before we move on to to the other guys. That the guy he hasn't played more than twenty games in the season since two thousand and fifteen. Is that of a concern? It's got to be of a concern. But fortunately, centre back's probably the position where we are most uh, mostly stopped at the moment. In fairness, between waterfall Paul, excuse me, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> between waterfall Paul Oakman and Bilal. It's probably the position where we are best stocked. Um, I think the only thing I would say is there's a Rangers uh, season ticket holder I speak to relatively regularly. Um, and he obviously saw a lot of Bill when they were in and it was the League One in Scotland. And just to back up something Scott said earlier on about him being a nice guy away from the pitch, uh, he said that uh, when they were promoted from League One, uh, all the players went into the change rooms to celebrate, but because of Bill L's religion and he's not involved with alcohol at all, he actually stayed in Ibrox for around about two hours after the game, taking pictures and signing shirts and programmes for fans and things like that. But what he did say is, he, as we've kind of picked up on, he, he does have his odd hot-headed moment. You know, he's a big guy. He doesn't take anybody giving him a bit of stick, um, generally speaking. It's, um, there is an interview with him from a Rangers podcast, which is well worth your time. We'll uh, hopefully put a link in this podcast if, uh, in the descriptions if I can be bothered. Um, and it's well worth looking up, if not um, going to have a quick gander at it. And we'll, we'll, we'll move on to the next sort of uh, known name in there, which is George Williams, um, who um, formerly of Forest Green. Um, it wasn't a swap deal with Elliot Whitehouse, but do you think we got the better um, end of that deal, in a way, that swap? Scott? Yes, definitely, yeah. Whitehouse, I was really disappointed with uh, last season. He got his goal on the opening day, didn't he, at Morecambe? And I thought it would really kick on uh, after, his, after his serious injury. That he was out for the whole season. Um, but he really did tail off Whitehouse uh, towards the end. And then, obviously, the, uh, he's got the ban. Is he out for six games? Five, yeah. six games? Can't play for Forest Green. Um so yeah, he he uh, he's one of the biggest disappointments for me from recent years because I had high hopes for him um, uh, after he uh, he did so well at, at Lincoln. Um, but definitely George Williams looks a class act. I've seen his free kick against Cleethorpes uh, already, and that's you know he's got town fans excited. Um, he does have a good he does international have a good caps. Life, you know he's been he was in in and around the Euro twenty sixteen uh, squad. He uh, went twenty sixteen. Yeah, um, so yeah, I, I think that's uh, the the one signing so far uh, for town fans that uh, yeah they've got real good expectations for. It's a good question to ask. When was the last time we had a player that had gone to the um, a European Cup or a World Cup? I don't think we've had one for a long time. No, you'd be going back to the fifties, um, wouldn't you? Gary Burtles. Oh, a player that's... Yeah, of course. Sorry, I was thinking of an actual uh, player at a time oh, yeah. at the time. Sorry. Darren yeah, Barnard yeah. nearly did. Darren Barnard, as did Danny Coyne. Yes. They, <laughs> I think they lost in the playoffs, didn't they, for the... Was it the Euros? Oh, and yeah, Steve, Bar- Steve Chetel. Barnard well, gave away the free kick, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, but um, it's, he, he's a good one. Uh, Tom, do you know a bit more about him or have you seen him? He, he looks quite handy with his uh, right foot. No, I've just seen a show reel that uh, Forrest Green had published when he left. Um, <laughs> we don't do anything like that. We don't do anything like that, do we? To be fair. Um, and then uh, obviously, I know that he was in the Wales squad for uh, 2016, but he was at Fulham then. Yeah. Forrest Green thought highly of him then if they were doing a show reel. 
We we just do yeah, one of them. It's the bean gift of sticking middle finger <laughs> them, don't we, when they leave? <laughs> and how dare you not accept a twenty five percent pay cut? Um, so and then we we go on to and I, I feel really rude sort of grouping the three of the guys together. Uh, sorry, uh, Ian, did you want to add anything else on George Williams? I don't think there's anything really to add. He looks like a class player. Obviously, he's got a lot of ability, as he wouldn't have been at Fulham and in and around the Wales squad in the past. It's about 15, 16 caps he's got. Hopefully, he can just get over the injury problems while he's here. And uh, that could be a major player if he does. He's, um, yeah, absolutely. And as I was saying, I, I feel a bit guilty uh, sort of grouping these three guys together, but it certainly felt like that's what Holloway was doing. He was saying that um, these three guys... Um, came in at a, a, a cheaper price than both Rose and Harry Cardwell came in at. So if that's the case, they're a really good replacement for, for both of those two. I'm quite excited about these three, but I'm not necessarily sure they're the guys that we expect to be leading the line come come September. Um, I'm not sure how you feel about that one, Ian. I think that based on their show reels and bits and pieces that we've read of them, each of their clubs seems to have been disappointed, but wishing them good luck when they've moved on which is always a good sign. Um, but, again, it's kind of that situation of you've got uh, players stepping up a few leagues from um, semi-professional ranks to, to be in full-time. How are they going to adapt to playing against, presumably, defenders with a bit more nous uh, and ability against them? I think if one of the three comes good, then it's a masterstroke by Holloway and the club. Um, it's just hoping that one of the three does come good and, and really kick on for us. You, you, we're needing somebody in that front five at the moment to get a good 15 for us this season. I think our top score was Hanson with nine last year, was it? Yeah. So you, we really need somebody to go and get you know 15 or one in three strike rate over the season um, just to kind of prove their ability longer term for us. And, and Scott, was you, in terms of these guys, they're, they're three very different sorts of players. Torre Cisse looks uh, an absolute um, a, a unit up front and a, a, an absolutely um, sort of grandiose sort of character and is, is, is probably touted for better things than where he went in Aberystwyth. with. Um, how are your feelings about these guys coming in and, and is there anything else that you've noticed? Was, yeah, I mean, it's good that they'll be, they'll be hungry, at least. And I think that's what Holloway sees in them. Um, it's not as if they're coming at the end of their careers, falling down the leagues. At least they're coming up from semi-professional. I was trying to think, actually, when Town signed them, have we ever signed any player from that lower level before? Because it it's such a low... You know, it's, it's, is it the one beneath Conference North-South, I think? What about Jamal Shahin from uh, Grimsby Sunday League Division 1? Oh, word, there's a name. I've not heard his <laughs> name mentioned for about 10 years. He was part of the famous Mike Newell squad. That's twice he's getting mentioned. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 Tan, I don't think they've ever signed anyone from, from that low, lower level before, especially strikers. But um, like you say, if one of them comes good, and they must be so cheap as well. Uh, and they're all having to uproot as well. They're not even local, are they? No. Lot, they're all coming from pretty much down south. Um, so yeah, Holloway obviously sees something in them. Um I'm I'm excited by them. Raw, you know, I remember Brian Laws in the nineties used to, he was looking for rough diamonds. Um and I think this is uh, Holloway's version of that. Tom, do you think it's a lesson we, we, we've quickly forgotten when going through the conference that it's it's better to pick up young, hungry talent rather than um exhausted, tired journeymen looking for one last uh, payday? 
that's uh, quite no, a leading question. No, I think I think we've had a go um, since we've been back in the league at like picking people up who uh, are looking to improve. I just think sort of since Hurst left, we've not really had much luck on that front. Um, and yeah, I'm the same as Scott. I'm really excited by the non-league signings. Uh, they've got so much to prove. Um, They've got the potential to be really exciting. Yeah, the, the, I mean they do, and it, confidence is a massive thing about about these guys. And if they're coming off the back of having what was it, and Cisse had scored what six in four or something like that last in in, in his brief spell he was playing in, it's got to be a good thing, hasn't it? And and I would much prefer that than a guy. I mean, you say you I say this with tongue in cheek, but when Amund came along with his record, it wasn't exactly. It would be the sort of player I wouldn't want to be bringing in. He'd only scored 10, 12 goals at, where, where was he before? before yeah, Accrington, Morecambe, something like that. Yeah. And um, one of the ones in the northwest that we're ready. Yeah. Um, and um, it's, it's one of these sort of players that you, you kind of look at. Is, um, up front, do you still think we, we need somebody? We're still looking for, for a couple more? We're, we seem so top-heavy at the moment, but have we, we found the, that elusive striker that we want? We've still got Matt Green, remember? He's still kicking around. He's desperate to prove he's good, isn't he? He's, he's, he's still he's, living off that Chelsea goal. He's eager beaver. Do you think that's all he does? Is it, in, in the locker room, he's, he's, he's put in an old iPad 2 and just put that as a gif. <laughs> well, I saw that Carabao Cup tweeted it out. Was this the best goal in the Carabao Cup last season? I mean, it is a good strike. Do you, you think know. he? Do you think he retweeted it and then just left his phone unlocked <laughs> in the locker room, just in front of Holloway's office? <laughs> I'm amazed. I'm amazed he's still kicking around. To be honest, I, I think he's on quite a bit of a wage as well when he came from Salford. Was he? It's it's an interesting one. He's certainly if he's if he's preaching, if he's practicing what he's preaching, he's a good person to have in that room because he's very eager to obviously earn a new deal and and to not be let go come the end of the season. Um, Holloway has obviously done wonders with the team before lockdown. Is he going to be a? Is he going to be our unexpected gem? I think no. he has to be if we're going in with this five at the moment. Because again, as we've mentioned, there's great potential with the three guys coming in from non-league. But that's what it is at the moment. Um, I think one thing you mentioned a moment ago, Alex, about confidence from good seasons. There's a player you could look at for that, and that's how. Timu Puki started the Premier League season last year. You've got a player who was brilliant in the Championship, came up, started on fire in the Prem and then sort of steadily dropped off. You've got to attribute some of that to confidence. But um, as it stands for the current five, we've got three with great potential, hopefully. You've got Hansen, who's been proven in and around for a while, but unfortunately he's maybe starting to get a couple of niggling injuries. So there might be a lot falling on somebody like Matt Green at the moment to be the one kind of experienced player with a lot of it going through him. If only there was an elusive striker out there that we, we had a relationship with that we could potentially bring back. Um, <laughs> Sorry, uh, I'm retired. Yeah. <laughs> Got more chance. Uh, um, and, and that sort of brings the, the signings together. We've got, um, we obviously Ian Holloway had a trial game on Tuesday. Um, I did, so sad, I drove past the training ground twice this week, now I'm up north for a bit, just to see if there was anything going on, it was firmly shut, I should have driven past Millfields, um, but um, it was, um, Is do you think there's much is going to come of that? I don't know how those games sort of work, I don't know if you guys have got any, do, are they 
players that we've arranged or is it a, a, maybe a package from an agent that are still looking for clubs? I, I don't know if anyone has any more foresight into it. No idea, Alex. No idea. And uh, it's a very uh, tightly guarded secret as well who was playing in that game because I can't find any information about it at all. There's nothing. We, we needed a drone, didn't we, to accidentally fall just to get a... Was it not uh, Punch and Adam and Bogle playing in that friendly? Yeah, yeah, with, a, with a, an Argentinian on the left as well. <laughs> we showed Diego. him the call. Yeah, yeah, he was too, he was too short. <laughs> um, it's, but it's, it's an interesting one. So we'll move on from that. I mean, again, I don't know if you guys are like me when a, a, a player signs for us. I have no idea who they are, really. And just shrug and go, well, I hope they're good and they're not a dickhead. So, <laughs> Well, a lot of the new strikers haven't even got Wikipedia pages. No, it's so hard to find out about the new lads. Well, um, um, uh, uh, Ivor Jackson Jr. is um, is really sort of he's got his own company, hasn't he? Uh, yeah. Sort of Christian-based apparel company, which is quite a, an interesting thing. And he's what twenty-three years old, so he's he's really going for it. Um, and uh, it's it's glad that they make the move up here, but it's not the worst place in the world to to move to. Um, We'll move on to the, the more major parts of it. How do you guys feel about the new shirts? Three were released at the start of the month. One is uh, a fetching salmon slash orange number. Another is a metallic blue from a, a rusting Ford Focus. Uh, and uh, the other is the, the new home shirt. What are your guys' thoughts of this? Rumoured to be areas last year. Um, so I don't know um, what you guys think. Tom, what are your thoughts on, on the shirts? You do like a good shirt debate. No, I don't like them. Good. <laughs> Any of them? <laughs> yeah, uh, stripes aren't long enough on the home shirt. Uh, Do they even count as stripes? Not. I thought it was just the barcode. Not a fan of the salmon number, mainly because it's salmon. And um, yeah, just blue. We've done that time and again. I'd, I'd love to see us return to uh, the, I don't know if you remember, Seba, Diodora. Uh, Crystal Palace shirt. Yeah, um, and then I always think we do. We, we make quite a good job of uh, sort of yellowy coloured. Um, Bruce Banana. Uh, you know, change kits. Uh, so well, the last yeah, one yeah. we had of that wasn't that the Mariners Pie version from like two thousand and five. Yeah, exactly. It had Mariners Pie on the front. What a fucking banging kit that was. I looked I looked an absolute boss walking around Lincoln in that, I've got to tell you. <laughs> Obviously, there was no football fans back then in Lincoln to, to even know what it was, but, you know. Yeah. Oh, like, do you know what? Uh, the Stacey West blog, uh, what did they tweet today? Shouldn't slag them off, but I'm going to anyway. It was like, uh, <laughs> you can... Uh, what did, he, what did he say? He was like, um, what was our most important game uh, pre-Cowley in the non-league era? Uh, that was his question of the day today. I was like, well, have you got any fans who can actually remember that far back? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the last game they played with us on a boxing day and then they were got so fed up of losing to us that they asked the league to change it around so they no longer <laughs> had to play us because their big bumper fixture always resorted in town hammering them at home. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so they looked, so they went from two and a half thousand to two thousand people in the ground instead. Uh, speaking of um, local rivals, uh, obviously we, we've we've already had a smirk at Hall City's um, implosion, but um, there is another implosion closer to home. Scunthorpe United fans are beside themselves with the fact that they are now back at where they belong, and um, and 
old uh, ginger pig is now out and in an having an operation in september so um i remember they had a they had a game against scunny uh oh, sorry against lincoln a couple of days ago and i think they're the, the one highlight that I had from the Cap and Bovril guys over there in the Iron Brew team with um, some guy called Issa, I think, is their number one player. It's miles ahead of everybody else, which was followed 24 hours later by uh, news from Scunthorpe Live that he was wanting to leave. Um, so I don't know. How do you think their season is going to go? We'll go, with, uh, we'll go with Scott on this one. Have you got any thoughts of our uh, neighbours up the road? <laughs> um, well... I was really impressed with them when when they with with Van Veen actually when they beat us at uh, at Blundell Park one nil. I thought they looked like a really good unit actually under Hurst. But then it looked like an absolute shower of shit when in the last game when we beat them at their place in you know what is now the last game of last season. Um, always uh, trepidation about about what's going on up the A one eighty. New manager of course in his first in his first job. So I've absolutely no idea how that's going to pan out. Um, and they've got Mark Lillis out of uh, retirement as, their, as his assistant. And he was working in a care home, apparently. Well, um, speaking was... of care homes, did you see Neil Cox? He's had a tough paper round, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he's the archetypal sort of northern guy from a... Um, oh, he's, I've lost his name now. Who did Kez? I'd imagine him being in that at some point. Ken Loach. Ken Loach, yeah, Ken Loach that's it. I'd imagine him being in one of those films. He's had a tough old day life as old Neil Cox. It's well, it's his, his first job, and it's a baptism, baptism of fire. But it's his hometown club, and I think I think he supports them as well. Um, he left for quite big money, I think, in the early nineties to Villa, I think. And uh, so, uh, but, was he the guy that they sold and got seats for? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Five hundred grand in a load of seats, wasn't it? Five hundred grand in a load of seats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've no idea how it's going to go. Much like a lot of the teams in our division, I've no idea how it's going to pan out. Um, but it is quite funny that you know their top top two men are, are injured. How um, it's um, it's a it's an odd one, isn't it? I'm, I'm trying to think of what I was going to say. Then it's gone. No, it's gone. Sorry, guys. Um, uh, is that it? Is that what we're going to talk about? Anything else? Have I missed something? Tom, what else did you want to uh, talk about? So you asked, uh, what would you like to see uh, supporters do to support the club at the minute while we haven't got fans uh, in the WhatsApp group? Um, I'm not sure it's something that counts as what the supporters do. But I, what I would like to see the club do is the formation of a proper Grimsby Town supporters club again. Not as not the, not like the trust, but like a, just a group. Yeah, just a supporters club. So and 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 it and it be based on where you live. So for example, um, if for example you live in uh, the Cardiff area, um, <laughs> know anyone in particular? Which is where I live. Um, you get priority after season ticket holders to uh, say the Newport County game because of your postcode and. Uh, on this day, GTFC posted a tweet. Uh, it might have been a week ago, something like saying that at one point we had like forty-two thousand uh, members of our supporters club in the fifties or sixties, whatever it was. And my proposal would be that it only costs a pound to join the supporters club, and it's it's like basically regionalised. So any game that is within, say. I don't know, an hour of your postcode after season ticket orders, you get priority to that game 
because you live far away from uh, Grimsby and Cleethorpes and uh, you don't get to see that many games and, and, and as a reward for being a member of the sports club you get priority to the games which are close to you uh, and then we have like a sort of regions where people can congregate as fans so like if there was like a say a London one there'd be like a London game so like when we play Leighton Orient and the supporters club pay to rent out a place and put on a bit of food for all the supporters um, and they can all go to that poor ball club or whatever and have a you know like a few sausage rolls or whatever before a game um, and then all travel to the game together and I think that would be like a really good thing to do um, just to sort of galvanise the support a bit really because I've travelled to games from all over the country and there's always like people who you meet who are Grimsby Town fans like you know, there's a bit of like a southwest sort of thing where you can you know, basically like meet with people on the train and stuff but it'd be nice if there was like an official thing um, and that rewards people for basically travelling to watch town because it's what do you think we should? Do you think we should try organising something like that? Because I know I'm an exile, and and th- this season offers an opportunity where we can almost. Oh, this sounds so shit, but where you can do viewing parties and you can pick out a pub in the middle of nowhere. The Chelsea pensioner, 150 pound for for the night in London. Um, they um, you can rent the room and you can watch the game there, maybe and have beers with fellow town fans while we're all kicked out of the ground. Um, it's something we can we can probably do. So if you want to, we'll, we'll tweet something out and put something on the Facebook page, I guess, and like you can put your name down or something, do a map and break loads of GDPR. Well, I, I don't really <laughs> see how, why like chucking a pound into a supporters club kitty would be unaffordable for most people, and we'd probably get like a couple of thousand quid from just asking people to put in a pound each being a supporters club member and you could like make it so you get like a regular newsletter you get um there's like a designated pub or whatever that people meet up at away games so you can meet people who you would like to meet up with uh when you travel to away games i think it would be something that we could do um that would put some back into the wouldn't necessarily have to be back into the club but galvanizes the support a little bit it groups everyone together a bit doesn't it and makes it a bit easier and a bit more it's a it's a social thing as well as anything else i've always wanted yeah. to see i don't know what we're going to do now obviously it's a bit miserable up in grimsby to start putting cardboard pictures of people in in stands i imagine and watching as they all blow away uh, <laughs> because it's no longer july um is that definitely not happening then I don't know. It's, it's not something that we've no one's ever discussed. I think we should, if we could do it. I mean, you can just ram them at the back of the main stand or something, couldn't you? And and just put yeah. them there and and let people put their flags out or something like that and and put them everywhere. Unless Youngs have taken over the pontoon and put their massive logos everywhere. I don't know. Um, you're going to end up with not saying anything. Cardboard cutouts of Mike Yule, Barry Conlon, aren't you? Peter Sweeney. People are going to take you, a piss. Can you please? Can you please put this one out, uh, around the bar? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should do that. Maybe you should. We should have like a like a rogues corner, and you can put your worst town players, and we can put them in in unfortunate positions in Blundell Park. They have to go behind the goals, surely, and it's like you're <laughs> paying the players to hit the targets. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, that's a great one. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get one printed, if we ever do one, of Richard Brody or Paul Linwood and have a target in front of his face <laughs> and just see what we can do. But I'm surprised we haven't done that. Rumours that the, the, the programme will go digital, so you'll be able to download it and, and be able to still keep on in touch with, with them that way, um, which is nice. But it'll be nice to see something else where we can get a bit more involved. I think your, your idea is pretty good with the supporters, trust, uh, Tom. Um, is there anything um, else you guys think we could do? Uh, for I me, drive. one thing is dead obvious. Sorry, uh, Scott. Um, I think one thing really obvious is actually following on from Cod Almighty earlier that I think there's only us and two other clubs that have not released anything about season tickets. Mm. And I know that it's difficult to say exactly when fans will be allowed back in the ground, but I'm sure that if everybody else is releasing their, fit, their uh, ticket offers, then there's something that can be done. And at the end of the day, as we said earlier, what fifth in the league for uh, being supported by our fans in terms of the, the income coming in. Even if the tickets went on sale at 250 quid instead of 350 or 330 as they normally are, that could be absolutely massive. And I suspect you'd still get a lot of people buying them, not even knowing whether they'd go into the stadium this year or not. I think, for example, a lot of clubs are doing it that uh, you get to watch the games free with iFollow if yeah. you're a season ticket holder. I suspect you'd get a lot of people buying the season tickets anyway, regardless, just to try and support the club a little bit. We saw at the end of last year how many people said no to taking their money back, for example. you know, I, I don't know what that money's up to. Why you guys talk? I'm just going to have a look at the Mariners Trust and find the last tweet on it. I've, I've stopped you talking now, haven't I? That was so what's, what's the quality for iFollow going to be like as well? Is it going to be able to handle it? Was it well, okay I, with the championship games? I've got to say that I've been I, I've been in France watching all of the uh, games last season, and um, it, it worked really well. Um, I had no problem with it. There was a couple of times I think at the at the start of this season there was a hurricane, wasn't there, when we were getting through all those, and it had to be done from the corner of the upper Findus. But other than that, it worked brilliantly. And even then, the quality was absolutely fine. It was just a different camera angle. Um, no commentary, I'm guessing, as well. Because I don't no, think it's live commentating of John Moore doing... They the, link uh, it with uh, Tonda. Oh, OK. Uh, and that's another thing we haven't talked about. Alan Buckley has said that he's no longer doing co-commentating um, with, with John Tonda, which is a big shame. Um, I've always quite liked him. I know some people have thought he was getting a bit um, past it for, for analysing, but I always thought he, his opinions were pretty spot on. He's brilliant. He, he's he's absolutely brilliant. I could I could listen to Alan Buckley uh, read the phone book. Actually, he's, <laughs> he's, he's just he's just got one of those. I don't know. I don't know what we, found, we found a new we found a new money making scheme. Instead of club call, you get you got to call Alan Buckley reading the phone book. <laughs> you don't even have the phone book now anymore. Maybe Jonathan Wind, uh, Wilson's inverting the pyramid or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> As he rips it to shreds or something. <laughs> so the last, the last tweet that came out from Mariners Trust on the 22nd of August was that um, uh, it was 90... So I'm trying to work this out. So £75,000 worth of shares came in. Did anybody else buy a share? Yeah. No. I did. I want my car parking space now outside the upper Findus, please. Um, for 100 quid. It's a bargain. Um, what do we get? Are you with the AGMs then? Apparently, okay. I don't think I should be allowed in AGMs. <laughs> I'd be asking about flasks and stuff. Um, <laughs> Tom, what do we get with it? Uh, no, just a sh <laughs> just a sh just literally a note. We we get a certificate and that's it. 
It's an IOU. Yeah, it's an IOU. <laughs> thank you, thank you for this. Uh, Crowdfunder was um, raised twelve thousand pounds. eBay items and, and stuff raised four thousand, so or four point eight. Sorry. So in total, that was ninety two point four thousand. Then refunds were closed, and the final donation figure was one hundred thousand uh, pounds. So. All in all, I think that's incredible. And I think that's bigger than Operation Promotion. It was bigger than Operation Promotion and deserves a lot more credit than it's got. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'll be honest, the reason I donated to Operation Promotion was because I wanted a Harry Haddock. And um, it's, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty impressive thing that we, we, we've done this and that money will go somewhere, I guess. <laughs> well, apparently <laughs> Operation Straker. Promotion money didn't go towards Bogle, yeah. did it? <laughs> no, it went to Straker. Uh, <laughs> um but yeah it was um yeah so it's it's a, a massive thing from fans and it'd be good to see if the club can do something to repay that i like the idea of a cheaper season ticket if if away fans aren't going to be allowed in for the rest of the year 150 quid you get all your games from my follow and then you can i don't know go sit in the osmond or something get the get the temporary seating back yeah, definitely. I think there's a few other things as well, like obviously the, the Trust in the past have done things out like their quiz nights that have been, you know, called off because of um, obviously this, but originally as well because of a lack of numbers and things. But there's an opportunity at the moment with everybody having been in lockdown and making a bit more use of technology to kind of galvanise and do a few things like that again. You know, it doesn't even necessarily have to be a, a quiz as such, but there's even opportunities, I don't know, to maybe stream a classic match or something like that the club will have footage kicking around of things like that getting people to pay i don't know a couple of quid to watch somebody uh like the fulham fa not the fa club sorry the fulham playoff semis and you know bits and pieces like that and get donovan yeah. and stuff on the call and they can talk not talk yeah them, yeah but just say things about it and um i think that's a good idea i mean we use technology on this there, there are ways of doing quizzes online we, I, I mean i run them but um there is a way of being able to organise it and, and put people in groups. Um, Me too, I was touting for business then, Alex. Don't pinch yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Not for the love. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. And it's some things that we should be doing. And I like the idea of the supporters. I just want more flags at games. I think there's a, there's a lack of flags. At we can't, Park. though, can we? Because John tends to deconstruct them. John does deconstruct them. So as long as they don't have any Welsh connections, so unfortunately, Tom, you're out. Um, they'll be, they should be safe and sound. No? No, not for George Williams then. <laughs> no, George Williams isn't allowed to, to put something out at all. It's, it should, it, we should get John a Welsh flag that says something like, um, I don't know, uh, Baroque, Art, Baroque Art Snooker Tables, Grimsby Town in that order. Something, something, something along those lines. Um, before we go, I mean, thank you all very much for your predictions. I don't think we'll go through them now. What we'll do is we'll um, we'll probably put them out there and, and see who gets closest. Outlandish, most people's outlandish predictions were that they we would finish automatic promotion. I love everybody everybody's optimism. Omar Bogle to get uh, net thirty goals from Dean B, which is apparently my other account. Um, finish tenth is someone's outlandish prediction. Wow, that's from Ian. Uh, <laughs> I haven't gone that optimistic. Uh, Darren, I'm sorry, Darren. I always can't say your uh, surname. Chiamento said uh, champions by Christmas, or Ian Holloway has to go. That's fair enough. I agree. Uh, 
uh, George Holness, 12th. He expects Bolton, Mansfield, Trammer and Salford to go up. Who do you think is going to go down? Who do you think is going to... Do you think we're going to lose any clubs this year? Is there any... It's going to be this, the usual suspects, Stevenage and Morecambe. Yeah. <laughs> Every year. It's, it's, I, it's always those two. I don't mind. Well, how do you guys feel about that? Stevenage got a reprieve. Macclesfield have gone. I don't think there's much change in that. Anyone have an opinion on those guys swapping? Not really. It's uh, a bit no, of a shame. Yeah. No, go on, Ian. <clears throat> no, sorry. Um, sorry, Tom. Yeah, it's just a bit of a shame to see Stevenage get a reprieve in it after such a terrible season, let's be honest, for them. Just ab- outright diabolical and they've managed to get away with it. And uh, Hopefully, it goes the same way as it did for us when we managed to uh, get away with it against Bournemouth. I'm going to say, did, did, were, were people thinking that about 10 years ago of us? Like, how the hell have we got away with that? Probably. Um, or everybody's, um, what everyone would like to see done during lockdown is sign Bogle, which is absolutely right. Um, in the flesh, uh, people are expecting around October to be back in the club. Uh, that's from Jason C87. But we'll put them out there and we're going to get you guys as well to write them down. And then come the end of the season, we're going to see how stupid we are and how wrong we were. Um, uh, but if anybody else has got anything else to add before we go, I don't know. So we're expecting October return? I think October. I, yeah. In some form or other. I think it'll only be season ticket holders. I don't know about you guys. Season ticket holders and reduced attendance probably. Might even be uh, down to a couple of thousand less seat. You know, not even all season ticket holders able to attend in the first place. Finding parts of the ground that haven't been sat in for about 85 years that are going to start being used. Oh, well, that won't be tough. Do you think we, we need to get rid of the cage and put some seats in there? Boston are getting rid of some of theirs. We can nick some of theirs, can't we? <laughs> get Neil Cox to send over some old Villa seats. <laughs> I did go to a sporting event the other week. I went to the World Snooker Final. Oh, we saw this. Was it? How was it under COVID? Yeah, it was very strange. It was bizarre. But um, I had a whole, nearly the whole row to myself. And I was just... That's a bit like Blundell Park in Nunley. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> And I was able to lean forward because there was no one sat in front of me. It was, and I was about five metres away from Ronnie O'Sullivan. So, uh, it was uh, Just telling everyone they're shit. <laughs> Honestly, I've never been to the snooker before. It was like being at a town game then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was amazing. And it was so nice to be at a sporting event as well. It was just, just to be excited about and looking forward to something. Um, you know, it'll probably be the only thing this year that I'll go to, maybe. Hopefully not, but that's how it's looking at the minute. It's going to be interesting, isn't it? Hopefully we'll all get back in soon. And if not, at least we've got iFollow where we can watch it from, I don't know, hopefully from a pub or two. But then I guess if we do that, the club aren't going to get as much cash, are they? Yeah, they're going to yeah. be... No, probably not. Yeah. That's a shame. We should all have to pay for it anyway. Oh, well. Um, pleasure to speak to everybody. We shall see you all very soon. We should do this quite quickly. As I imagine this week, we're going to get... I imagine come tomorrow, we're going to sign three or four people from the Tuesday game and then make this entirely redundant before it's even out live. Um, thank you, everyone, for who said uh, nice things about the new logo. Um, obviously, uh, I don't, I'm trying to avoid talking to family while I'm up here, so uh, just doing some graphic design work instead. Um, and, uh, yeah, we shall speak to you all soon. Thank you very much, gentlemen, for your time. Uh, and we shall all see you um, shortly. that you think we're uh, posh enough for two minutes. <laughs>